I've got two long walks. I've got an even longer walk than you have, I bet. No, you haven't. No, Mm. you definitely haven't. No. Welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take great moments from history and pitch them against each other. He's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley, and together we have gone through the library of history and pulled down two possibly unimpressive looking books off the shelves and are going to hit each other around the head and shoulders with them for your entertainment. And when they call the police, we're going to say it's art. Yes. And hey, it's all new this week, if you didn't hear yesterday's episode. Mm. Well, we've got some thrilling news for you. Uh, we've got a new voting system, which means that you the person uh, get to take part in the democratic process of deciding which of us wins each day's date fight. I am not convinced by this democratic voting system, I have to say, given that the first woman ever elected to the United States Senate is currently losing to, I think it's a bit like the English heritage. <laughs> is that true? I think trusting the public is a terrible idea. Well, we knew that from every election there's been in the last five years. Have we fallen prey to uh, populism? I hope so. <laughs> That's all I wanted out of this. It is, uh, it's a direct analogue. When you're voting, me on that, you are either voting for yeah. uh, expertise, in-depth, well-researched, factual knowledge <laughs> versus shouty bluster. <laughs> or chaos with Ed Miliband. Round one! I'm going to take you back to the 13th of January, 1547, when Henry Howard, the Earl of Surrey, was sentenced to death for treason. So what? It's it happens. Like the 1500s. Everyone got sentenced to death for treason. Everyone had heads <laughs> chopped off. Why do I care about this bloke? Well, let me tell you. Henry Howard, the other sorry, was the first person to invent the sonnet form in English. You're all about the inventors of verse, like madrigals we had the other day. Yeah, this guy, well, he translated Petrarch's sonnets and went, hey, sonnets are good, let's do sonnets. No one had done English sonnets before, but that's not why he had his head chopped off. I would chop his head off for that, to be honest with you, because I've got a big (laughs) problem with sonnets. Iambic pentameter is rubbish. (laughs) You don't have to do them in iambic pentameter. It's completely unmusical. It just has to be 14 lines long. Oh, really? Yeah, you can do like really short sonnets like Jake in a lake is going to make and bake a cake. That's five of them. There we go. They even have to have any metre or rhythm, apparently. I'm going to stop talking. Right, so he was the cousin of Anne Boleyn and the cousin of Catherine Howard. He was brought up at Windsor Castle with Henry Fitzroy, who was the illegitimate son of Henry VIII. Oh. Um, and he was repeatedly imprisoned for rash behaviour, such as wandering through London late at night, smashing the windows of people who were asleep. Well, that's not very nice, is it? No, he wasn't very nice. He's a very angry, very rich young man. Um, he hated the new men at court, like Thomas Cromwell and the Seymours. Um, his father said, these new erected men would by their wills leave no nobleman a life. They hated the new rich. Wow. So Henry Howard, because he hated them so much, he had his family coat of arms redrawn to show that he was also descended from Edward the Confessor. The problem was, because yeah. Henry VIII was a bit paranoid, if you redo your coat of arms to show that you're descended from a king, he gets very, very paranoid <laughs> and he cuts your head off. Oh. That's what happened. Not only did he cut his head off, he sentenced his father to death as well, because they also had the same coat of arms. Wow. Both sentenced to death on the 13th of January... 
Uh, Henry Howard was killed, executed on the 19th of January, but the father survived because Henry VIII died the day before he was meant to be executed and he got let off. These people who get let off at the last minute like that. I know, him and Thomas Paine. Yeah. I love I love a getting let off at the last moment story oh, from him. Oh, a last death minute sentence. let off. Anyway, so that's Henry Howard, Earl of Surrey, sentenced to death for treason and invented sonnets. All right, I'm going to take you on a long walk. Mm. Because it's the 13th of January. Yes. Year of our Lord, 1879. Oh. And in Mozart Gardens in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. A woman called Ada Anderson completes a great yeah. feat of pedestrianism. Pedestrianism. <laughs> yeah. I.e. walking about. Yeah. In fact, she does 2,700 quarter miles. So about 500 miles. Six, six, yeah, six hundred and seventy-five right, yeah. or something. I don't know. Uh, in 2,700 quarter hours. Okay, so... A- why are we measuring everything in quarter miles and quarter hours because everything was measured in a quarter of an hour increments she had a quarter of an hour in which to do a quarter of a mile okay she earned eight thousand dollars for that which in today's money is like eight thousand four hundred and fifty dollars it's incredible anyway she was an extraordinary woman uh she grew up in england and she wanted to become a sort of a theater person a theater performer and was having absolutely no luck at all Mm. and she and her husband became managers of a theater in cardiff and then her husband died and she was bankrupt and it was a mess then she met a new guy the same year her husband died incidentally i'm just saying Mm -hmm. at an event in cardiff and this guy was a champion race walker because <laughs> that definitely uh, exists and you should definitely believe someone you meet in Cardiff who tells you you that. can absolutely see those little wiggly buttons well, I don't tell you what but I'm a champion race walker <laughs> anyway she got trained by him and he he had two specialisms this guy William Gale <laughs> two pedestrianism and sleep yeah. deprivation <laughs> Now, remind me, do I swipe left or right? I can't remember. Anyway, she trained for six weeks. You know my secret to walking much longer than anyone else? Go on. I don't sleep. <laughs> well... I can't sleep. Genuinely. I just go on. You, you, you jest. She made her debut in 1877. And this was with this guy. So all in the same year, mm-hmm. she yeah. walked 1,000 half miles, i.e., as the proclaimers once sang. 500 miles Mm -hmm. in 500 hours or 1,000 half hours. 1,000 half hours, yeah. And she got no more than... Or 2,000 quarter hours. Yeah. Well, she got no more than 20 minutes of rest in any one time during the entire three-week trek. It was bonkers. That's absurd. It rained hard. She had to have an umbrella and a lamp. Did she go on to commit a lot of murders? Uh, No. No, she didn't, as far as we know. But she, she certainly showed a lot of signs of someone who'd had... Uh, quite a lot of sleep deprivation. Mm, their brain broke. So then she did. She was like, yeah. never mind that for a game of soldiers. Uh, I'm going to start doing this indoors. So she did a 100 miles walk in 28 hours in Plymouth. Uh, but because it was indoors, it was all gas lamps and everyone was smoking cigars and she couldn't breathe and she kept falling down unconscious. <laughs> so then she said, right, I'm, I'm never going to take on another event that I can't finish. And then... Uh, they mm. sailed the next year. They sailed uh, in the steamship Ethiopia across the Atlantic to try and break America. So now she's got uh, a manager, a guy called Webb, and the plan is we're going to do this 2,700 quarter miles. Yeah. 
And we're going to do it in uh, Gilmore's Garden, which later became Madison Square Garden, but they wouldn't let you do it uh, Mm. because the manager said, uh, the woman will never accomplish the feat and nor can any woman. I'm trying to do that American theatrical (laughs) voice that they were doing, history things from America. (laughs) Okay, thanks very much. Uh, And there was this tiny little track. It just went round and round and round and round. And it was only something like 58 metres in circumference. So she had to to walk seven laps to do Mm. each quarter of a mile. They put a tent up. Yeah. For her to go to the Lalipo in, and it also had a bed and a little <laughs> makeshift kitchen. Don't put the kitchen in the same tent as the loo. You should eat. You should eat where you. You should. No, <clears throat> we can't. Maybe where other people. She's a meat eater. Okay. She should do it in a separate place. <laughs> if evolution taught us anything, is that the deer will smell your feces and run away. No, you got to poo somewhere else. Anyway, there was this guy, uh, Daniel O'Leary, who was the champion U.S. pedestrian, who said, "I would not, I would not attempt it." Yeah, because it's the sleep deprivation. It's not the distance. It's the lack of sleep. Yeah. So she she sets off and she starts doing it, and there she's done five sixths of it, and they start raising the admission price. Uh, it was 25 cents to get in and watch uh, at first, and, and they raised it to 50 cents. But by the final day, it was a dollar for standing and $2 for seating. 4,000 people a day were coming to see this woman walk around a ring. <laughs> it started on the 16th of December. Well, I mean, if, the ch- if, if there's a chance that she's going to go completely mad halfway through, it probably is worth a dollar. Yes, She finished on this day and the place was packed. They had to get the police in to manage the crowds. And a lot of the spectators were women who uh, they they thought this woman, Anderson, was, quote, the most wonderful of their sex. I mean, that's saying a lot. Yeah. So in the whole 28 days of this, at no point did she ever have more than nine minutes of sleep. Wow. 55 miles in, uh, she took a little breather and played the piano. (laughs) And she sang Verdi's... Back to our mountains during her rest period. And she became known as this. And basically, finally, all of her childhood ambitions to be a performer were realised. It's just that she had to keep walking while she did it. <laughs> and she was having a great time. And uh, she would entertain the crowd. If, if she saw a member of the crowd that was asleep, she had a bit of coal in her pocket and she'd take it out and mark their faces with it. And everyone would be like, this is hilarious. And there were big uh, bets put on it and there were reports of people trying to like make her pass out with chloroform as she walked by Uh. because they had a bet on her not completing it and stuff. And then uh, the final quarter of a mile she did, she did it in two minutes, 37 seconds. It was the fastest of the whole 2,700 and the receipts were 32,000 of which she got 8,000. Not bad. She said the worst thing was the blisters. Uh, she couldn't sleep because of the blisters. And she had this coach, a guy called... Well, she, it was just as well she couldn't sleep. She wasn't meant to be sleeping. Well, the very, blisters helped her. Very true. The blisters did help her. Uh, she had this coach, a guy called Mike Henry, and he walked with her for a lot of it. Uh, but he, he couldn't handle it at all. He, like, he, just, he was too tired. Couldn't do it at all. Then one of the race judges had to join in helping her. And she ate pretty much every time she rested, mm. unless she was sleeping. And she ate beef, oysters, corn... God, that tent... The state of it. Corned beef, potatoes, <laughs> cakes and grapes. And she drank beef tea. Oh, man. Beef tea. Port wine and occasionally champagne. This is what I'm saying about needing a separate tent. Like, if you're preparing yeah. raw shellfish yeah. in the same place as you're, you know, devoiding yourself <laughs> of raw shellfish, there needs to be some yeah. element of separation. <laughs> yeah. She ate limpets. <laughs> Barnacles. Kelp. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anything she could pick but, off the underside of a boat. But it was a very contentious thing that she was doing. Because in those days, walking on a Sunday, walking on a Sunday. <laughs> a woman, a woman walking on a Sunday. Well, thank goodness she did it. And she paved the way for all of us to be able to walk on Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, a lot of newspapers were saying, look at this hussy walking on a Sunday. Disgusting. <laughs> Walk of shame continues. But indeed, sir, she did complete the task. Curtain. Thanks for telling me. You're welcome. Now do the birthdays. While walking. Right. <laughs> Happy birthday to Kabu, the staff cartoonist at Charlie Hebdo, who was killed in the attack on Charlie Hebdo five years ago. Happy birthday also to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who was in Veep, uh, Seinfeld, and she's just good. Watch the comedies with her and she's a funny lady. Happy birthday to Tashonda Rhimes, the showrunner of Grey's Anatomy, House of Women Murder, Scandal, and lots of programmes which we don't really get in this country. <laughs> Happy death day to Remedius, Saint Remedius, who baptised Clovis. If it weren't for him, he led all of the French to becoming Christian. If only he could have led them to becoming civilised. Also, happy death day to Hubert Humphrey, American pharmacist, academic and politician, it says on Wikipedia. He's also the 38th Vice President of the United States, which is worth bearing in mind, if you care about Hubert Humphrey, Hubert Humphrey! Happy death day to Wyatt Earp. Now, Wyatt Earp, everyone thinks of as being from the Old West. So, because he was involved in the gunfight at the OK Corral. But Wyatt Earp was alive until... Do you want to guess, Jake, when he was alive until... 1880! 1929! No way! Like, there were cars driving around. There was Hitler around. Not in power yet. There was Mussolini was in charge in Italy already. Like, he was around till... My gran was alive in 1929. She's alive now. That's berserk. Yeah, so... Wyatt Earp wasn't quite as long ago as everyone thinks. Happy death day to him. Round two. Well, for round two, I've got a long walk. Something fresh. <laughs> Something new and different. You've really gone all in on walks today. Yeah, I have. Uh, well, you've been all, all in on sonnets and madrigals. What the hell? Yeah. Fine, so, right. I'm taking you back to the 13th of January, 1842. Oh, 1842. That's an interesting year, yeah. I'm aware of what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was this your second offering? Yes, my second burnt this offering is, okay. is... Uh, Interesting. Dr. William Bryden on his horse. He wasn't walking, he was on a horse. He's on a horse. Yeah, it was the horse, really, that, that did it. Yeah. So the sort of... The, 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 the movie pitch yeah. is he was the sole survivor of an entire army, but he wasn't really. No. No. He's... <laughs> so... Jalal, he arrived in Jalalabad. That's the exciting thing he did that no one else managed to do of the 12,000 people who were meant to be getting there. Um, so in January 1842, the British retreated from Kabul. We say the British. It wasn't really the British. It's the East India Company. And we keep defining him as... In this whole story, he's pitched like he's some sort of soldier who's the last one to come back. He's not. He's employed by the East India Company. He's not in the British Army at all. Ah. So anyway, they... East India Company retreat from Kabul after two of the representatives were killed, with 4,500 men and 12,000 civilians, all to retreat to Jalalabad. Major General William Elphiston, on the 6th of January, retreated from Kabul to go back to Jalalabad, um, but they were attacked by what the internet calls tribesmen. I think they're probably yeah. 
better ways of describing these people than tribes. I don't think tribesmen is ever a good word to use. No. They were called either the Gilji, Gilzai or Gazai. There you go. And this was a confederacy of Pashtun tribes. Mm. And they attacked them at Gandamark. I like the fact that they said they weren't going to attack the... Uh, Let's call them British yeah, for yeah, now. Yeah, no, no, then... no, 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 no way, no way, that is not, listen, I'm, that is not who I am, do you know what I mean, like, I'm about respect, do you know I, mean? I will never attack you there, there's women's and children's there, I will never attack you there, bruv. But they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair play, fair play, yeah, fair play. <laughs> Leading to one Captain Souter literally wrapping yes. himself in the flag. Yeah. Because he was so upset. Yeah. About it was like a comfort blanket. Yeah, yeah, literally yeah. Literally yeah. wrapping himself in the flag. No. I'm like, that's not going to help. No. If all the time you'd take, spent wrapping yourself up <laughs> as a flag present, you'd spent fighting off Afghans. Well, my favourite part well, of this was, so the th- then, then there were 12, uh, something like that, and they carried on. Yes, 12, 12 of them sort of got away. But they weren't, didn't really get away. They were, they'd already got lost, Brilliant. so they weren't with the rest of them. Ineptitude will always prevail. And so one by one, they dropped down dead as their horses became exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, finally they saw uh, the British troops in Jalalabad were like, Oi, Gary, Gary, what's that? What's that? What's that on the... What's that? Right? Looks like a bloke. Hey? He looks like a single figure on a very, no, very, very not... tired horse. It only does. It only does look like a single figure on a very tired horse. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What's going What's... on with his he's head? Like his, half of his skull's been blown off. Like, sheared off with, a, with yeah, a, it looks like some it's... sort of a knife. Yeah, an Afghan sword or something like that. Oh, what yeah. would, if, you, if that was going to happen yeah. to you, what would you put in your hat to protect your head? I'd put Blackwood's magazine into my hat. I would too. Blackwood's magazine, that's what they should, the advert for Blackwood's magazine should have been. Best for severed heads. <laughs> Is an Afghan trying to sever your head? Yeah. Blackwood's magazine has a 100% success rate from those who reported back to <laughs> yeah. us. If your skull's about to be clipped off like a boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> Saved his life, apparently. Blackwood's magazine. It, I assume 100 yes. years ago this was taught as a very heroic story about one man surviving... Pathetic. ...whilst 16,500... Yeah, but you, now yeah. just sounds... What, yeah. what was it about? Oh, he what was trying to make there? an absolute boat ton of money. On? Yeah, he's trying to get opium from somewhere to go and force on the Chinese. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> sorry, it didn't work out for you, Doctor William Bryden. I so I do feel for the horses. The horse he put in a stable, and the next day it just dropped down dead. It was like I can't, I cannot. Oh, I didn't know. I that. cannot, <laughs> the I horse cannot take anymore. And there was apparently a Greek merchant who made it back, uh, whose oh, really? name was Mister Banus. Oh, uh, and Mister Banus, uh, sadly, his Banus. <laughs> did not survive. Uh, he lived for one day. So William Bryden isn't even the only one who came back. We've no. made this myth about someone. No. Yeah, no, not not at all. Um, there were about 115 British officers, soldiers, and wives and children who got captured and taken as hostages. Yeah. And after that, were released, and that included Lady Sale, uh, wife of wife of Sir Robert Sale. How much did she get ransomed for? Do we know? Well, there was a sale on 50% off the top of her head. <laughs> if you if you was going to knock 50% off Lady Sale, what would it cost? Oh, I don't know, 50% off the top of my head. Right you are. <laughs> What's that magazine? Anyway. Well, Laurie, well, that's, well, we can't compete on that then. Don't yes. fight about that on the internet because yeah, yeah, yeah. we've agreed. Yes. That was well, important. but so... Despite really, really agreeing that it wasn't very important, but we both thought it was the funniest thing to talk about. 
a guy getting his skull clipped off. I mean, who are we? Yeah, and protecting it with a magazine. We've turned into monsters. <laughs> like, we don't care. We've commodified human suffering. That's the end. Uh, with that in mind, why don't you join in? <laughs> you can vote on who you feel won today's round. With skull clipping and everything. Yes. Uh, by going online. If you're on the Twitter business, it's at date underscore fight. Yes, they can. Facebook, the poll runs on Facebook as well. So actually, you might think you're winning on Twitter, but Facebook, I think you'll find a slightly more impressive result than me. Yeah, you spend more time on Facebook than me, I think. I need to get back on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, you get to vote. Each day there's a vote. So come back tomorrow and you can vote again uh, for tomorrow on tomorrow's round. And we will announce the winner on Sunday. Yes. Can't wait to do it. Yes. Until then. See you. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Hope you've enjoyed it. Do subscribe. Do share. Uh, do tell your friends. Oh, yes, it does make a massive difference. Yes. Yeah, do all of that. And we will see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.